That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by a lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? Excellent Jalen. Well done. Give him a clap. Thanks, mate. Let's pray. Lord and God, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you that we have Jesus' words recorded for us. So that today, some 2,000 years uh, after Jesus was on the earth, we can still read them. We can think about them and ponder them and think about what they mean for us. So as we uh, explore this parable and think about the teaching of Jesus, Father God, we ask that by your Spirit, you would help us to understand and that you would speak to us uh, this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Just before I get into uh, sermon and uh, exploring this passage, just a reminder that down the aisle, so everyone down the aisle, pick up this blue book. Uh, it's going to be passed down the aisle. And that's a communication book. If you want to find out more about our church or if there's a prayer request, uh, you can write it in there and uh, we'll be praying for it or we'll follow up anything uh, in those books uh, during the week. So it's been great to have our Turbo Kids bring us uh, songs and uh, messages and uh, things of the stories of uh, Jesus, parables and his miracles uh, already. Uh, we thank you. Uh, we, um, we, we consider it a great privilege that our children's ministry in this church is not just a ministry to children. It is a ministry of children. And that's what you're experiencing this morning. Uh, that the children are actually involved in ministering to us and serving us. Uh, a part of this community in serving uh, God and His church. So uh, for that, we're truly uh, thankful. Uh, the, the, the kids have already alluded to it. And I think uh, the rest of this year... Uh, Turbo Kids and, um, and Kinder Church in some ways as well are going to be looking at uh, Jesus and his life uh, and his teaching. And we've, um, uh, we're going to be looking at this whole idea of Jesus the Master Teacher, which is up on this banner at the back here. Uh, and we've got some of the images that Jesus uses to teach with uh, this morning. We thank uh, Abby, who, who is our children's ministry intern, who uh, painted up our, um, our banner and has been working uh, in children's ministry the first half of this year. 
um, and she heads off to England with her family for the next month or so. She won't be around, but she will continue on for the second half of year as our intern as well. And these stories up here, um, I suppose, display some of Jesus' parables. And we're going to explore that a little bit this morning because there are lots of parables. How many are there, Jeremy? 30, you say, what did you say? 32 or something, I think. Because I, I did feel for you because there is dis- discrepancy. Uh, if you read the, 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 uh, the commentaries and stuff, there is discrepancy about how many parables uh, that Jesus told. I was actually going to ask the question. I found somewhere between 32 and 46, depending on how you uh, describe a parable. And so uh, here's the question now. Maybe some of our kids can have a think. What is a parable? Have a think about that. What is a parable? Can anyone, anyone want to have a, have a go at answering that question about what is a parable? Yeah, Alana? Oh, that's pretty good. She says it's a story that has a meaning. That's pretty good, isn't it? Any other goes? Yep. Yeah, a story that Jesus told to teach people. That's good. Yeah, that's good. So something about this story goes more than the story, doesn't it? There's something about this story that has another meaning. So have you ever heard this one? That parables are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Have you heard that? I think for, for me that's a great way to remember. It's an, something that's happened on earth, like we've got tra- plea- sorry, trees and plants and uh, fish and things uh, that are happening on earth. But Jesus tells the story that has a meaning behind it, has a spiritual meaning. There's something to this uh, that's more than just the story I'm, uh, I'm giving you. The other thing that I sometimes remember parables as is a word picture. Okay, so Jesus tells his story in words, but it's a picture. And so sometimes, I, this is what I like about drawing out the parables. And when, as we draw out the parables, it actually makes us think about, well, what's Jesus saying? What does he mean that there was this seed in the ground and it did something? What does it mean that the kingdom is like a mustard seed? And you've got to think about what does that mean? So we've talked about how many, oh, here's a question. How many parables are in Matthew 13? Matthew 13, if you've got your Bibles, how many parables are in Matthew chapter 13? Anyone have a guess? If you've got your Bibles, have a count. There's a few of them there. Parable, yeah, have a go. I'm going seven. Seven is pretty good. Seven or eight, sometimes people say. So here we go, I'll list them off. There's this, that's a pretty good guess, Louis. Sower, the parable of the sower that we're talking about. The parable of the weeds, which is a different parable. Okay, just in case you're wondering, have a look in Matthew 13. There's the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the treasure, the parable of the pearl, the parable of the net. And then there's one at the end that sometimes get included or not, which is the parable of the new treasures out of the old storeroom. Um, and so some of the, like that's only one sentence where the other ones are big and they've got lots of sentences. So we have sometimes big parables or small parables, but each of these word pictures of these things, uh, Jesus uh, uses to get us to think that there's something more about this story. Here's the question, kids, adults, are parables easy to understand? Do you think parables are easy to understand? 
Sometimes do you read them and you think, what is Jesus talking about? What does he mean the kingdom's like a pearl or what does it, what does it mean that this, it's like a little mustard seed? And it, or what does it mean that we sprinkle seed and I don't understand what Jesus is, why doesn't Jesus just tell us clearly what it is? And I think the disciples back in Jesus' time were exactly the same. They at times were thinking, what is Jesus talking about? I don't get it. I don't get what he's talking about. And if you have a look later on in, para, uh, in Matthew 13, if you want to have a look at it uh, today or during this week, maybe as families, you want to have a look at Matthew 13 this week as families, and you'll find out later on Jesus gets his disciples together and he explains to them what the parables mean because some of them are not that easy to understand. Um, here we go. I'm going to give you a key to helping us understand the parables. And I think this is what Jesus does it. The key to helping us understand what the parables are and about what they're about is Jesus himself. Because when, when, uh, uh, when Jalen read that last verse, what was the last verse that Jalen read? There was a question. What was the last question? Can anyone remember? Why do you speak in parables? So the, they say, why do you, do you speak in parables? And all of us often think that Jesus is going to come out and say something like, so it's easier to understand who I am. So it's easier to know about me. But that's not the way Jesus answers it. Jesus answers it in a bit of a strange way. If, you have a, if you've got your Bibles and you have a look in the chapters after how answer, Jesus answers that, he starts saying things like, I speak in parables so that even though they're hearing, they won't understand. Or even though they see, they won't perceive or take it on board. And there's this sense that Jesus says, actually, the parables, the key to understanding the parables is understanding who I am. If you do not understand who I am, these parables will not make sense. These parables won't make sense. And when Jesus was there at the time, he was wanting to speak to his disciples and his people and, his, and he was saying, I want you to know. So that's why he gathers later on his disciples and he explains to them what these parables mean. So every time... Someone asks ask you what this parable is about. Kids, someone comes to you and says, what's this parable about? What's the answer you're going to give them? It's a typical Turbo Kids answer. What's this parable about? God. Okay, if you say this parable is about God, or what would be another answer? What's this parable about? Jesus. So if you answer Jesus or God to what's this parable about, you've got it right. And that's where you should be at, because all of the parables are about Jesus and God. And so we've got to be thinking, what's this saying about God? And and how do we understand God? And uh, particularly for us who know who Jesus is. Um, So the parables are for teaching and are for helping us understand, but they are for those who know who Jesus is. If, they know who, if you know who Jesus is, then you can begin to understand the parables. But for the parables outside, people outside, the parables don't always make sense. And if you actually have a look back in Matthew chapter 6, 7, is the Sermon on the Mount. 
And when Jesus spoke on the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't use parables. He actually spoke quite clearly, and he was speaking to the crowds and stuff there. And now he's using parables, so the disciples are saying, why are you doing this? It's not making sense. But sometimes Jesus uses that clear stuff, but for uh, his disciples, people who know who he is, uh, he speaks to them in parables. So the key to understanding uh, the parables is knowing who Jesus is. So the parables are for Jesus' disciples, those who believe him and want to know uh, who he is even more. So here we go. I'm going to use the, um, the parable of the sower, and Jesus uses the parable. Of, the reason he tells the, the parable of the sower is to help us understand uh, what he means. So here we go. The parable of the sower, you'd know that classic picture. That's how they used to sow, isn't it? So you'd, they would hold the seeds and they would scatter them out over the ground, and some of it would fall on different um, places. I found this little uh, clip, uh, photo up here that has the parable is about seed, soil, and sower. So here we go. For those, what does the seed represent in the parable? What does the seed represent? What do you think that's about? Can anyone give us an answer? What is the seed about? Mm. What is the seed when the, the sower scatters the seed? What's being scattered? Can anyone think? Sorry? The Word of God. Thank you. That's right. If, and Jesus, later on in uh, Matthew 13, he explains this. He says, the seed is the Word of God. So it's uh, people hearing about Jesus, the Bible being taught uh, and, and, and spoken about. Okay, what's the soil? What's the soil in this parable? Yeah? Hearts. Very good, Eliana. It's our hearts, isn't it? It's the hearts of people. So the seed falls, the Word of God falls into the hearts of people. Uh, okay, who's the sower? Who's the sower? Uh, yeah, Jesus. Very good. So Jesus uh, is the sower, uh, or God is the sower. Sometimes he talks to his father as the sower. Um, this is another great way to remember it. I think um, for us as the church, we can become the sower. So God uses the church, his people, to become the sower. So we can also be uh, sowers uh, that... Uh, display the Word of God. Um, okay, when we talked about the seed being Jesus or the Word, we saw, sorry, we talked about it being the Word. Remember who Jesus was described as. He was the Word who became flesh and lived amongst us. And so this idea that the, the Word, the seed that goes out is Jesus. It's about Jesus. So um, I'm going to sort of enact out this parable and hopefully, as we do this, this will help us understand uh, what this parable means and how it works. So you got, we're going to work through this together. So there was a sower who threw out the seed. Uh, health and safety check here. Just watch your eyes and things. And he threw out the seed. Okay. Oh, uh, everyone. Okay. So what's the seed? If you've got some seed, have a look on the seed. They're not seed. Oh. I think they're mung beans or something. They're seeds. Whoops. Oh, sorry, I'll go up a bit closer so I don't injure anyone. So some seeds. We throw out. Whoops. You, everyone has to have a seed in their hand by the end of this. Okay. Whoops. I just stood on and crushed a seed. Uh, 
Sorry, whoever's on duty. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't be eating them, no. Uh, so, uh, what is the seed again? Jesus. Good answer. If you have a look, it took me a lot of time yesterday to write Jesus on each one of these beans. So, what we've got to do, so the seed has gone out. So, Jesus has gone out, okay? And now, this is the next part of the parable, is it? Where is the seed now? It's in your hands, okay? So the seed that Jesus has gone out, and now it's in your hands. And this is where we're going to go through uh, the parable that Jesus told and think about uh, what this means for us. So now that the Jesus has gone out, and uh, if you've heard about Jesus, if you've been in this church, you would have heard about Jesus. Now the question, as he sits in your hand or in your heart, what's the question that you're asking now? What do I do with it? That's what he's saying in this parable. Now that you know that Jesus is going, what do I do with this? Okay, so the first one, we'll go to the next slide, is uh, Jesus said that the birds come along. I remember a traumatic experience at Corumban Sanctuary on the Gold Coast, and I held out seed. And Has anyone ever done this? Held out, and what happens if you hold out seed like that? The birds come. Okay, so this is a visual picture. If you hold Jesus out here, uh, what does Jesus say that, that happens? The birds. And what are the birds? Satan or the enemy. If you hold Jesus out there away from us, the birds will come and take him away. And there's this sense that Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus is saying in this parable, for those seeds that fall on the hard paths or hard parts, that people don't even want Jesus. And so they hold him away from them rather than in here, okay? So this is a visual picture again. Hold him out there, and so, and when they think about Jesus, they think, oh, yeah, Jesus, and they'll do this. So there are people in our world that even though you send, send out the seed and even though you talk to them about Jesus, they'll say, no, thanks, nothing to do with him. Don't want anything to do with him. And so hopefully that's no one in this church. Um, and even to the point, where if you look around the world now, isn't it, or even in your own schools or workplaces, that people can get such hard hearts that they become anti-Jesus. So they probably throw him on the ground and stomp on him. And he's saying, this is the reality in our world. And I think, Jesus, what is, what's the meaning behind this? He's saying, don't be like this. Don't be like this. Okay, so what's the next one? We'll go to the next one. Uh, shallow hearts. And I thought that this is a little bit like this is someone who hears Jesus, hears about Jesus, and they take him in their hand and they sort of hold on to him. And he says, yeah, that, I think that sounds good. Uh, I think, yeah, they sort of hold on to him loosely. But then when someone starts to them and says, what's that in your hand? So imagine yourself at school or in your soccer field or something like that. And someone says, what's that in your hand? And this is where it... This is where it comes from. And people say, oh, nothing, nothing. Because if hardship or persecution, and, and if they say, oh, what was that you threw on the ground? They say, oh, you follow Jesus. Why would you do that? You're a, you're a bit silly. And when hardship and people start t- asking about Jesus or teasing you because of Jesus or dr- bringing you trouble because of Jesus, then you throw him away. And it's a bit like shallow heart. First, you sort of take him on, think he's okay. And then, no, when trouble comes, no thanks. 
and we'll look for something else. We'll look for something that's more, uh, more popular. So Jesus is saying, you know, he's asking people, is your hearts like this? He's sort of just holding on to Jesus loosely, but if anything comes your way, you'll throw him away. Okay, the next one. Worried hearts. I thought this was a little bit like taking Jesus, taking him uh, in your hand and saying, yeah, I think I like this, and t- taking him and thinking a little bit more and probably putting him in your pocket. Okay, so he's with you wherever you walk uh, and he's with you. And Jesus only comes out when I need him. So if uh, worries and hardship come my way, the things of the world, well, where is he again? And you sort of got to reach into your pocket and pull him out. Oh, here he is. Or actually, when it comes to the crunch time, when it comes to hard things in my life, when I'm maybe being teased at school or bullied at school, you don't worry about Jesus. You just think, I'm going to do it myself. Or I just get so worried and you don't even ask Jesus to help or things like that. And in the end, Jesus just gets left in the pocket and get thrown in the wash when you get home and Jesus just gets sort of washed away. And so that when troubles and hardship come, People just say, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, no, Jesus, is, Jesus can't help me in times like this. And he gets washed away or he gets left behind. And I think that's, like Jesus says, that's the thorns that grow around us, worries and things of the world that stop us. And then the last heart, what's the last one that Jesus says? It's the good soil, isn't it? And this is the way I thought this one previously prepared. Okay, this is the way I thought that if we had the seed, you get Jesus. And what you do is that you hang him close to your heart, right around your neck. He's with you always. And he's right next to your heart. And he can't come away from you. He's with you wherever you go. And he's right next to your heart. And he's this constant reminder that he's in your place and that you're owned by him. And so maybe this week you can make something as beautiful as this um, out of your seed. Or you can put your seed somewhere close to you. Where do you put Jesus in your life? Do you hang him around your neck, even close to your heart at all times? And Jesus says that people that do this, people that take Jesus and uh, have uh, him close to their heart, wear him with pride, they're the ones that grow up and produce fruit. And here's the thing, this is what the parables do. What happens if you grow up and to be, what, what sort of plant do you think that Jesus was talking about? What sort of plant do you think he was talking about? It's drawn beautifully up on the, on the wheat. Yeah, I think it was wheat. And so at the top of wheat, what happens when wheat grows up? It produces what? Yeah, yeah, so those little things. And, and, and in each one of those, yeah, each one of those, what are they? More seeds. What happens with those seeds? They produce more. And so here's what the parables do. Do you see what they do? They say, if, you're, if you've got Jesus in your heart and you begin to produce this, you begin to produce seeds that what? Go out. And they get spread out into the world. And, the, and Jesus sort of um, teaches us that those who are owned by Jesus, those that have Jesus in their heart, become people who then produce other seeds so that others will get to hear about Jesus. We also uh, know from this that not everyone is going to accept Jesus. But it doesn't stop us sowing the seed, looking for that soil 
that Jesus is, remember the other images in the Bible? That God is the Father. He's the gardener that prepares the soil for these seeds to fall into. So if you're here today and you read this parable and you're not making sense of it, the question I think Jesus asks us is, how well do you know me? Get to know me. I want to show myself to you. And that as you get to know me, you will grow in me. And so even when the things of the world come around me, I will pull those weeds out. I will till the soil so that you will grow. So Jesus produces in us uh, fruitful hearts. And here's the thing. Remember, I always talk about fruit. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus, we have Jesus in our hearts, we have the Holy Spirit, which is the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness and gentleness. These things start to be produced in our lives as we trust in Jesus. And so we understand that Jesus is the Son of God who has come to save us so that we can live with him forever. Jesus knows how to grow his people. If we go to the last slide, if we think this is really probably is a parable about soil, isn't it? More about than seeds. And we can ask ourselves the question, what type of soil are you? And is God growing in your heart? So here's the important thing with this. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he was sent from heaven to this earth, then you are good soil. That's all you are. You are only good soil if you believe that Jesus. We know that even though um, sometimes Satan attacks us, sometimes we have doubts, sometimes the troubles come against us, but that's not the type of soil we are. If we believe Jesus, we're the type of soil that he will grow us through that. Those other types of soil are, t- are talking about people who reject Jesus, who throw Jesus away who don't have Jesus close to their hearts. And so he's reminding you that Jesus has planted you this morning in his soil and he wants to produce a great crop through you. And he said, and remember what Jesus did, he gathered his disciples, he gathered his children around and he explained this to them so that they would know and live this. So let's pray. And help uh, that we will ask uh, God to help us uh, to live out this parable in our lives. So let's uh, pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that uh, your seed, your word would grow in our hearts. That we would grow to produce a crop for you. Father God, we thank you that you have taught us through um, the Bible, through our families, through things like Turbo Kids and Kinder Church. Uh, through our church community, you have taught us who you are. And so today, uh, we know that you, Lord Jesus, were the Son of the living God. Will you help us to have faith in you? Will you help us to have us clo- uh, you close to our hearts, that we would live with you at all times? We pray that you would move in us and produce faith in us so that we would follow you in all situations. So we pray, Lord, that you would then use us to be people who plant more seeds, willing to tell who Jesus is, 
willing to tell the difference he's made in our lives as we now proclaim him as the God who created the universe, came to earth to save us, and has a place in heaven prepared for us. Will you use us for the glory of your name? In the name of Jesus, amen.